And welcome back to Around the Shabbos Table. I am Aaron Wogelanter, your host, with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelanter, a.k.a. The Father. I would stop for you to say that, but it's just weird. This podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Go check it out. We started a brand new podcast this week called Beyond the Book. It's very exciting. I got to talk to a few Jewish authors and just talk to them and um, get to know what's going on beyond the book. And that's very exciting. You can go check that out. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts at Beyond the Book. Um, you can also find it on intentionaljew.com. Do not worry. Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of this show. And now, my dear friends, let's get around the Shabbos table. All right, all right. Passover's upon us. The uh, the days of preparation for Pesach are amazing. You do you do a lot of stuff. You you meet a lot of people. You see a lot of things, especially here in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, listen, I'm like a little little kid in a in a candy store. It's so exciting for me. I, I feel like a like a country bumpkin comes into the big city and everybody's preparing for Pesach and you see old people around. But when you're exposed to a lot of things, you see a lot of stuff and you realize that. It's not just from inside the Haggadah, and not just from inside the Sefer that you have what to learn, but you have a tremendous to learn, a tremendous amount to learn just from looking at people, watching the way they shop, watching what they're talking about before Pesach, you know, looking even on the, you know, we have, there's, a, there's a WhatsApp here in Moody, and, and, uh, and, and people, are, people are asking questions, Facebook thing, and people are asking questions about this and the other thing, and it's just so fascinating to see what's on people's minds, and, and and how people are comporting themselves. And the truth is, it's not only about Pesach, it's really it's really all the time. When you watch people, you really learn a, a tremendous amount. Right. And that's why we title this, uh, what you learn, what life teaches you um, from living. Because that's that's sort of the gang, the place we're going to go with this. And just as a, as a introduction, I told you this before, but I, I think it's super important. And I have a... Um, I was reading a story from, from Uncle Shuey's book um, at his Rebbe's side. And <clears throat> right, and you could listen to the podcast that we had Uncle Shuey on, uh, Rebbe Yeshua Lef. And he said a cre- he's an amazing story in, in his understanding of Rokhaim Shmulevitz, who was a Musar giant and a um, really a uh, like a Torah thought um, giant. And he said that Reb Chaim was a student of humanity. And he would watch, Uncle Shui would say that Reb Chaim would watch things. He would be, he had a story where he was at a Shava Brachas with Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. And Reb Chaim saw a boy opening a beer bottle with, a, with his uh, teeth. And it was just sitting on his head and he was thinking about it. And the schmooze, the, the Musar talk that week was about being unique. Finding your unique, unfair advantage over the rest of the world and using that. Because he saw this boy being so unique, opening the beer bottle. Rechaim obviously wasn't in so many bars, but he, you know. Or, 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 he also wasn't a dentist. Right, or cookouts. But he saw that this guy was taking, you know, this this concept of being unique and using your unique talent um, to do something. And that that's so strong, speaks so strong to me that... Um, you know, just from watching life and from watching boys at a Shabbat he learned so much. And um, 
And I think that that was something that was like on, on my mind. And again, I don't think that I have the greatest wisdom nor, but nor is it worth it to listen to me, but I, I, these are just fun things that I've um, encountered and seen. And I, I wrote a list of them and it's actually fun process, just like things I learn um, from life. But I think that that story of Ruchaim sort of puts it into a picture where this is what the Torah wants you to do. The Torah wants you to learn Bavakama and to learn Psachem and to experience a Seder and then go out in the world and see how those things um, come out from the from the world in front of us. Say Ulman. Go, go out. out. Don't stay inside. Don't don't stay locked up. Go out and look at people and learn. Same thing with Yochanan and Zakai. He turns to students and he says to them, what is the Derech Yishar? He tells them to go out and to see what's the Derech Yishar, what's the worst thing that a person should stay away from. Because you got to go out and you got to watch people. Because when you watch people, boy, you got a lot to learn. But most importantly, is Ezeu Chacham. Who's a smart person? This person is a student of life. person is learning from every person, both what to do and what not to do. Everybody should be a student of humanity, right? So, uh, so, so here's my here's my one to get the ball rolling, and it can go in multiple multiple directions. And I don't think that these are again massive wisdom, but we went on a, we went on a hike this week, Adol and I, and it was um, Har Arbel, Mount Ar- Arbel in uh, in the north of of Israel, and we got stuck in a, in traffic getting there. Like a traffic jam right in front of the mountain. And we ended up we ended up um getting through the traffic, took a little while, everyone's honking, Kidarko, like everyone does. Um, that's the way you say hi. And I love you. <laughs> right. I'm thinking about you. Um and you know, we sat in that traffic jam, we got through it, we went fine. A few hours later we're on the mountain, and from that mountain we're looking down. We saw exactly the same space spot where we were sitting in traffic. We saw that there was still traffic there. And we were just looking and contemplating like, wow, that was somewhere where we just were. And, and then our silence was broken by more honking. And we're here on top of this huge mountain, still hearing the honking. And I thought to myself that um, it's fascinating how your frustration can be felt miles away. And you think that you're sitting, you think that you're sitting in this traffic jam and you just honk and it, and it only affects the, you know, the stressed out person in front of you and, and, you know, the people in line who are also stressed out being in, in traffic here. No, 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 no. On top of a mountain, a couple miles away, they can hear your honk. And that's how it is. You think your frustration, you come into the house and it only affects your wife today. You come home and the supper's not ready and you're, and you grumble and no, 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 no. It affects her. She's in a bad mood. She goes to the store. She's not nice. It affects them. Miles away on a mountain, someone's looking at you and watching you hunk. And that was a, that was sort of like how I understood the, the, the concept of hearing that honk on top of that mountain. Beautiful. I'll tell you what I what I picked up this week. You know, again, each one of these I'm assuming could be unpacked like crazy, but we'll we'll just uh, we'll we'll rapid fire them and yeah, I mean, and and let let people unpack them yeah. because th- there's there's a lot, the tremendous amount to learn from these things. When I was shopping, I I came to the realization that a lot of times we do things and we're totally you don't even realize, but you're totally oblivious to what's going on around you because you're focused on the on the task at hand, and you're being oblivious. 
can actually be very annoying to, to other people. And you don't realize by the, you know, why are they getting upset with me? I wasn't doing anything. I'm just shopping. But I realized that you know, you're shopping and you, it was in a very, very big store, but not with aisles that were as wide as, let's say, you know, Costco. They were good, good size aisles, but not that wide. So if you had you know, two people in the aisle with, with their carts, that was, that was it. The thing was full. And uh, so somebody would, would go and they would see an item that they wanted and they would just stop in the middle with no thought that there might be people behind them that are actually going to, you know, going to get stuck. Or that maybe they should just move all the way over to the side to leave room for somebody to walk past them. But I'm focused right now on getting that product and checking it to make sure it's not kidney us and to look at it and to, you know, do all the all the stuff I gotta do with it. And I it's and I'm not it's not I'm I'm not a bad person, but I'm just not thinking. And it just became so clear to me when you look at this massive store and you just see, you know, maybe it was three, four hundred people in the store at the time, and you realize that three or four hundred people who are not really thinking about anybody else, and and it just it, it it didn't make me look and you know hate humanity and then say oh these you know, people are bad, but to realize that I need to be more cognizant. And the moment that I I realized that I need to be more aware, I hear a lady call out behind me, saying, "Don't!" You know, <laughs> I was backing up. And and I didn't realize that there was somebody by me. I, and then and this process is going on in my mind right at that moment that I want to be more conscious of what I'm doing. I don't want to be more aware of it. And and this lady behind me says, "Don't." And then she, I turn around. She gives me a big smile, a little a short, little American lady. Well, Shorts relative, Mister yeah. Six Five. <laughs> right, I understand. But this, she she looks at me. And she says, um, "She says, don't take another step back. You'll crush this. You know, this sweet little lady. This is very funny." And it's just a reminder that we just, you just have to be kind. Of, that's another another important thing to learn. When you watch people drive, when you watch people walk, and they have no awareness of themselves, no awareness of other people, that's a tremendous lesson to learn, to, to learn how to, to, to put that in yourself and to, to keep your eyes open and, 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 and to be aware of, of what's going on around you. Right. I always see it um, with merging. In, in the U.S., I feel like merging laws are a bit, a bit more um, set, so it's easier. But here you see it, that um, when, when you finally have the ability to merge, so you get like five cars that merge right away. But ultimately, and it's, the same, it's, it's really the same thing that you're saying, that everyone's just thinking how they can get forward. But if you're thinking about it, if you do merge one, 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 it goes faster because you don't have to slow down. So every time I see that, I just say like, this is, this is an example where just not being cognizant of everyone around you is really hurting yourself. Right. And that, um, that's interesting. And in, in supermarkets, it's, um, it's particularly important, but also you feel that if you're ever, you know, if you're ever doing a checkout and you say, Oh, I'll help you get your stuff on the, on the thing, or I'll put your, I'll bag your stuff. People are like woken up. Like, oh, right, right, right. I'm not alone here. There's people in the world. Um, and just for life, that's such an important thing not to um not to get over focused on your needs and your things because it could it can affect it will affect those around you and and what I'm saying is it'll affect yourself in its in a way as well yeah it's um it's again it's 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 being keeping your eyes open and looking looking at, a, at what's going on around you and to to learn from it to learn from everything there's nothing. Nothing that you experience that you can't learn something from.
And a lot of times we just look at the things as just experiences and we don't never unpack them, right? We never look at them and, and analyze them. You know, I'll tell you in my life, I think the biggest thing that the, the biggest life lesson that I learned and people lesson that I learned was lollipops. You know, I, uh, I had the schuss of giving out lollipops for 33 years. Um, actually, it was more like 25 years. And then. So, kids that you knew, right? The kids that I knew. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. You got to ask that question these days. But uh, give out lollipops for 30 years. Right. And you're still here. <laughs> Not in jail. Right. So, the, um, I would say about 25 years because then I started getting competition and the kids, you know, my lollipops were not nearly as good as somebody else's lollipops. No, but I learned a tremendous amount from the lollipops. I learned about life, not just about, not, not about lollipops, not about life. So I would, I would have my lollipops in my standard and, um, you know, I'll tell you just like the, the, the sort of the beginning of the thought, but the kids would come up and you'd have different kind of kids. So one kid would come up and you give them a lollipop and they would say, thank you. And, and and I really almost can write a list of two <laughs> that said that said thank you. They were just so appreciative of the lollipop. The kids then, who don't get lollipops at home. Like, right. Thank you. Right. Thank you for saying that, Rabbi. <laughs> right. But then, then a lot of times I would have is I have a bunch of bags of lollipops and one of them would be the open one where I was giving and you'd have the kid would look at me and go, I want from the other bag. Now it's the same dum dums. And and the dum dum standing in front of it. It's the same. It's the same dum dum lollipops, but but there was the grass was always greener on the other side. What I couldn't have was what I wanted. Okay, see, I had kids like that. They would say, "I want the other one." Then there were kids that you would give them a color, and whatever color you gave them, they wanted a different color. Even though last week when you gave them a color, they took the one that you just gave them because. Right. I said to myself, look, I, I know that kid last week told me he wanted yellow, so I'm going to give him yellow. No, now he wants the green. Because again, it's not being satisfied with what you have. And then there were the, the kids that would say, I want the yellow. And you give him, you know, you give him the one he wants. Or, or, or what I would do most often is I would say to him, no, sweetie, t- take this one and say thank you. I would a big smile on my face. And and you'd have two kinds of kids. You'd have the kid who would say, take it and say, thank you. I say, I'm not going to get anywhere with this big bovan, so okay, thank you. And then you have the kid who looks you in the eye and says, no, I want the other one. I want the other color. And then from that, you have two kinds of kids. Because you say to him again, no, take this one. So you have those kids that say, okay, okay. And then you have those kids that say, no. They still persist. And they burst out crying. And then you get the dad. And you get two types of dads. You get the one dad who comes up and he says, my kid wanted a yellow. Just give him the yellow. What do you care? What difference does it make? You, you're fighting with a, with a three-year-old? Just give him the yellow. And then you have the other dad that'll come up. There's actually three types. The other dad will come up and say, Thank you very much for not giving in to my child. Sweetie, take this lollipop. And we're so happy that the rabbi gave us a lollipop. Great, awesome. That kid's going to be a giant one day. And then you get the kid who you know is going to end up in jail. Because after you say good job to everybody, oh, he comes back. And you're on your way out to Kiddush, the dad comes up 
and sticks his hand into your property, into your shtender, and he takes the lollipop that his kid wants. No permission, no asking. Takes and gives it to his kid. That kid is going to end up in jail one day. And I just, I, I actually want to write a book about this because about the different personalities. Because I can look at you and say, when you were a kid and you were getting lollipops, this is the kid you were. You know, this is the, the model of child that you, that you followed. It's really an incredible thing. You know, you get a kid that'll go into the shtender and it will take lollipops and then the dad finds out that he, that he did it. And then you have the different reactions of the dads. They have the dads who say, you know, what's the big deal, right? You have the dads that say, you know, put it back. And you have the dads who go and buy more lollipops and give them to you and say, you know, this is for my kid. And Johnny, what do you want to say to the rabbi? I'm sorry, rabbi. The, you know, the, those kids, you see how kids are being brought up. And just look at, the, at, the, at this dynamic, and there's just so much to learn. You look at interactions. You look at the, the way people, people interact with each other, and people, the way people interact with situations, and you just have so much to learn about yourself and, and your own health. Right. That's terrific. Yeah, there's, we need like a flow chart there with the different uh, the different types. No, but it's super it's super true, and and it's it's true with everything. Lollipops is is the greatest example because it's it's extra. It's it's something that's um, fun, free, and extra, and yet we have these struggles with it. Think about the things you have to do, or the things you need to give, or the things tzedakah, whatever how how you react to all those things. Um, it's all that's fascinating in. as well. Yeah. Lollipops, so that so stay tuned for a book on lollipops. Um, so another one that I have, which I which I've I've had for a bunch of years, and it just makes me sensitive um, to everyone around me. Is that one time, actually, when I was in Israel, we went to the beach on a Friday, and we we got the uh, what mommy always called the seed boy tan. Right, the seed boy tan is the deepest, darkest red shade of red. Um, sunburn that you could possibly get. <laughs> That's called a seed boy tan, right? Because uh, for the uh, for the New Yorkers who don't know how to tan and don't know how to put on sunscreen, so that's your your tan is this crazy um, sunburn. And we went to the beach and we got a seed boy tan, and we got so sunburned. And you're sitting in yeshiva the next day. And I was sitting in yeshiva the next day. Somebody came by and just said, "Hey, what's going on? Give me a friendly tap on the back." That friendly tap was the most painful thing that ever happened to me. But you see, the action was just an action of just a friendly tap. And yet for me, I perceived it and I felt it so much stronger. And it just made me sensitive to people's um, sunburn. And I call it the sunburn theory, but to see people's like emotional sunburns as well. Is you have a person who's sensitive, who's hurting, who's in pain. And all you go is just go over and make a joke. You go over and say something. And, uh, and it just, it lands on them like that five finger on a, on a, on a sunburn. And it made me sensitive, made me more sensitive just because you see it, you see in life how sunburns are not connected to the action that, that hurts them. And the same thing is with people is you can, you can literally tear people down with a friendly joke and a friendly gesture if you're not sensitive and aware of their, uh, emotional sunburns. And that taught me that taught me a tremendous amount just about life as well. My my sunburn. 
A lot of times, these lessons we learn in Musasvar. We learn from Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. We learn from Brachus. We learn the sensitivity from messages of the Torah, and all of that is, is by the way, is is completely critical. But if you can't look at at people and their actions, so then and, and learn some of this stuff from there, then you're not learning. You know, it's, it's great that you get it from a sefer, and it's great that you get it from a you know from a, from a good drasha. But you're not really learning from life. If you can't look at the things that you're seeing in front of you and, and read these lessons from them and learn these lessons from them, because life is a metaphor. You know, it's, it's the, the, it's a, the, the, everything that happens in life is there and meant to teach us about things and to teach us about sensitivity and to teach us about, about the, the way we're meant to be, the way we're meant to act. And, and that's, I think that that's a, that's a huge thing, huge thing to consider. And a person has to has to to think about that, and 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 start to open their eyes, and see the world that way. You know, see a little tap on the back, as being a very very important lesson. Right. Yeah. There's like patterns that happen in the world, um, and they can they will repeat themselves in different levels. So what happens in the sunburn and a and a slap can happen with a joke and a, an emotional person because. Because again, you have the the pattern that repeats itself, and it's to find those patterns. I, I think I'm just saying exactly what you said. Yeah. Do you know David Melech, when when uh, Nosson and Navi wanted to give him Musser over what he did with Bathsheba, he told them a story. He told them a story that happened. You know, it's about my friend. Right? It's a story outside of himself, and he asked David Melech to Paskin to decide what should be done. And David Amalek decided, but he couldn't read it that it was really about himself until Nassan and Navi pointed out that this is exactly what David Amalek did. That's a lot of times the reason why we can't make some some changes in ourselves because we don't rec- we we can tell the lesson, as we can tell over the the Musser, this is what a person a mensch needs to be this way. I'll tell you a great story. I was once in um, in a shul. I saw a cousin of mine. You know that I've been very macbeth not to talk in shul. I saw a cousin of mine who I hadn't seen in years. We were just so excited. And we were sitting in the back of the shul, and we're sitting in shmuzin. In the middle of shul, some guy comes over to me from the shul, and he says to me, you know, we don't talk in the shul. And I looked at the guy and I said, Baruch Hashem, because, you know, we don't talk in mine either. And I didn't. I didn't even realize, <laughs> didn't realize what I was saying to the guy. Yes, but but because you don't, we don't make that connection. Like we know that this is what it's supposed to be, but we're not, we're not making that connection. You know, we say that by a shogeg, a person who does something on Shabbos, and in in a in in, in a, as an accident. So we say that the the one of the ways of a shogeg is that a person doesn't know that the act that he's doing is the malacha that. He just gave a shear on, right? He just gave a shear that you're not allowed to do this, and now he he's doing it, but he doesn't realize that that's the thing that he was talking about. We don't make those kinds of connections, and that's why, you know, this subject tonight I think is is just a good thing for people to consider. It's a, it's it's a just just a, a a good thought to be able to think about what what are you looking at? What are you looking at? What principle are you seeing play itself out in front of you? 
You know, it's that way also when we talk about even in the Haggadah, when we talk about the Russia, we talk about right the, 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 son, kinda, the four sons. You got to look at them and say, what's really bothering them? What's going on with that? What What are they teaching me about myself? Not about my kids. My attitude to life, right? My attitude to life. My atti- and that's the. I think that's the way we have to be. That's you know, student of life that you have to be looking at everything you're watching, and saying that this is a lesson. Which lesson is that? Oh. That's this lesson that I've been teaching. That's the way it plays itself out. You know, the same as your honking story. You know, that's that, that sound that I heard there means something, and and I see that I see that by looking at you know, the the bigger picture. And I find that sometimes for myself, um, where I sit in shul, when I come into shul without set seats, but where I sit in shul is a direct um, expression of where I feel my place is in the community. Not not that I take the Mizrachman, even though I feel always that I, sh- I should be sitting in the front, but <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you're feeling the camaraderie and the feeling and the, and the closeness of the community, so I want to sit in the middle, smack in the middle of the shul. I want to sit there. It's an important place to be. If I'm feeling a little out that night, I'll sit on the side. I'll sit in the back. You know, you see that, and I'm sure other people feel this as well. Why do some people always take the first seat next to the door or as far back in the, in the shell. And why do some people are guests and they'll walk all the way to the front of the shell. Is that not an expression of how they feel? Okay. Maybe not a direct or maybe it's not, Oh, there's guy, but this guy sits in the front. This guy sits in the back, but you know, there's expression there. People are expressing something through the actions they do. Um, and the actions and that this is one of them where they sit, but it's, it's, it's really with, uh, many, many things you can see it. You can you can tell a lot, by the way, if people, like you're saying, where they sit in shul, the way they, they comport themselves in shul, the way they act. You can tell a lot about who they are because they're really like 10 personalities. And I'm not being exact in my number, but they're like 10 personalities in the shul and they just keep repeating themselves. Remember once my father came to visit me in Neusol and my father had learned in Neusol also and he looks at the room and he says, that's Schwartz and that's Goldberg and that. And I said to him, no, dad, that guy's name is, you know, Cohen. And that guy's name is uh, Smith. And he said, no, no. He says, that's Schwartz, that's Cohen. Because it's the same person. It's 50 years later. It's a different name. It's a different, it's a different body. But it's the same person. Because there are just, there are specific types of people. And you can learn a tremendous amount when you can identify them and you can know, you know, that that guy, oh, that's the, you know, the this kind of guy. And you can learn a lot, not only about him, but about yourself also. Am I becoming this kind of person? Do I do I want to be that kind of person or do I want to stay away from being that kind of person? Go to the books. Go learn the books. But go learn life also because it's not just in the books. You got to see it play out in front of you. Right. All right. That's beautiful. And I, and yeah, it's, it's not that my way of looking at life is the way, but it's, it's exactly what you're saying. We're just planting the seeds for the formula that you can use to take the Musar Svarim, to take the Masiyasa Sharm, and to, and to take all of the Musar that you learn and all of these concepts of self-improvement and now go see them in the world. And again, I want to point this out because I've gotten, I get this feedback when I say these kinds of things that, oh, you're being very judgmental. On the world. And yes, I judge in order to perfect myself. And I don't judge to put you in a box. I judge to perfect myself. If I don't like when you're honking 
behind me, then it's not because, oh, you're a honker and I treat you like that. It's that now I know what I like and what I don't and what is derech yeshara and what is the right thing to do and I can perfect it. So I just want to, I want to say one thing. There's a difference between judging and being judgmental. Okay. And every person has to judge. You have to judge. You you judge on everything. Is this person going to be good for me as a friend or not good for me as a friend? Do I, do I feel comfortable with a place like that? Not comfortable? What's that judging? It's all judging. Judgmental is, is that because you're not like me, you're worse than me. That's being judgmental. I do, because you do those things, you're a bad person. That's being That we can't be. Right. Judging is a natural thing. I always ask on the Mishnah in Navas that says, have you done as called Adam lekaf zechus that you should judge every person favorably? What are you judging for? I ask, judge favorably. Don't judge. It should say, have you low judge? Don't judge. What does that mean? Judge favorably. But I think it's a natural. It's a natural thing. Judge, judge. You're gonna judge. It's impossible not to. Do it favorably. It's an obligation. Be discerning. Have a masunabedin. You have to be discerning. You have cool. to be discerning. Cool. Okay, Tov. Very nice. Thank you so much. Pass the chalant. Pass the pace of the chalant. Worse you, than... You know what's amazing? <laughs> macaroon. Oh, so you know what's amazing? I didn't see one macaroon in... in, in uh, Manischewitz has a monopoly. That's it. Yeah. So they <laughs> Only come, Americans like it. it hasn't come to America. They're so yet. Um, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us around the Shabbos table. And... Um, be sure to check out our new podcast. Be sure to check out intentionaljew.com and send us any feedback. Even just send us a, uh, a good yantif. We would love to hear from you on our YouTube channel. You can check it out. We put it up. Um, it'll be up at the same time. Check it out. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Subscribe. Tell us good yantif. It would be awesome to see and to hear back from you. And uh, please do have a great yantif. Have a great yantif.